everybody. Welcome back to the Man Candace podcast. It's your girl Candace back at it again with another episode. And I have a special guest today named Sar. Tell everybody where you're from. From New York City. And what do you do? I'm a graffiti writer. Graffiti writer. And not you just being humble right now. <laughs> well, I started this madness in 1977. And uh, we were just uh, poor kids looking for recreation. Trying to be like Tom Sawyer, running around the streets looking for adventure. And, Tom Sawyer. And then we ended up uh, finding like a, a subculture that uh, we became part of. Almost like a gang, but different dynamics. And uh, graffiti crews were like uh, groups of friends that were uh, getting uh, together to paint trains. And uh, it was a race against uh, the machine. How dangerous is it to paint trains? Extremely dangerous. Uh, it's a vocation that's taught from the older rider to the younger rider, and if you don't, uh, if you if you just like just recently it was in the news. I don't know if you saw like these riders came from Europe and they want to paint New York City subways to give themselves street credibility and say, hey, you know that's like that's like the mega thing to do. Like if you yeah. write if you're a rider from anywhere in the world, you want to paint a New York City train just once. So they get some information from, say, some old writers about where to go and where the trains are parked so they can paint them. But, uh, you know, you really... It's dangerous for us that know the layups and know where the trains are parked. It's dangerous for the ones that uh, that I've been there two or three times. It's still dangerous for me. To go in there cold without an escort, without somebody that's been there and done it, mm-hmm. is suicide. And that, unfortunately, a lot of these kids uh, that are getting killed are from Europe and other places. And they just want to come and have their name put on a put well, on the map. It's all about basically. the photograph and the social media uh, yeah. explosion and saying, "Hey, look, look what I did! I painted." You know, it's like, you know, it's like the the ultimate. It's like Mount Everest. You know, climbing Mount Everest is like I am. I I I did it. I, I painted a New York City train, because that's where it started. Subway mm-hmm. graffiti started there. And, Definitely. And, uh, you know, it's a child bit of immortality. It's a child's bit for immortality because here's a kid in a poor neighborhood who's nameless, faceless, and all of a sudden they recreate themselves. Look, I'm Saw TMB. Boom. Put my name on the train. My train, I did the train in Queens. Guess what? It went from Queens to Brooklyn to the Bronx to Manhattan. And how does that feel knowing that people are driving by, people are going, look, look, look. It's a Law living... enforcement is mad. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a living, breathing thing. It's like, art. It's like okay, you, you do artwork on a wall, it stays there. You do artwork on a canvas, it stays there. You do artwork on a train, it's traveling. Like today, you know, Subway Graffiti is dead in New York City. Uh, I mean, it's, trains are still being painted, but they have a clean service program where the minute a train is painted, they pull it out of service and clean it. So now it's spilled over to the freights, which is so dynamic, and I love it because now it's not just driving around New York City. Freights go all around the country. They even go to, down to Mexico and Canada. You know, as long as they don't have to get on a boat, they're fine. But they travel yeah. everywhere. My friend, his Instagram is yardslave underscore, and he works on freight trains. So he takes pictures. His Instagram needs just taking pictures of everyone's tag. So I asked him, I'm like, have you seen SAR before? Have you seen that? Keep a lookout on it. You know, because so it, cool. it's probably coming. You know what's so funny? It's like, uh, I was I was sick a couple of years ago, really bad. And uh, first time I felt better, a good friend of mine that writes Zokes said, basically, you need some medicine. And we went. And it was medicine. Yeah. I felt alive it was there's nothing more exhilarating and it's hard to explain to someone that's never done it 
but it's like an adrenaline rush. And I, and I really believe a lot of the artists from my generation that aren't here anymore, uh, once they got too old to paint the trains and then they became adrenaline junkies, and right. they turned to drugs and other means of adrenaline rushes afterwards, and some of them overdosed, and some of them uh, they shortened their lives by abusing su- certain substances for that same type of adrenaline. Because there's there's nothing unless you took part in this, and I don't want to sound melodramatic, but unless you uh, were part of this movement, like I go on rants, and I did a rant recently on. Uh, on Subway, it was, I think it's called Subway Hand Styles. It's a website on Facebook. And it basically, it was like, uh, what was, what's that poetic uh, tense where you keep repeating the same thing over and over? Um, Dynamic pentameter or something. I forget what it's a called. A pentameter? Something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. So I, I go, if you, use, if you use spray paint as an artistic tool and you never painted a train... You're not a writer. Mm. If you never painted a New York City subway train, well, if you never painted a train, you're not a writer. If you were never indoctrinated into a crew, you're not a writer. If you go with your mother's credit card to buy all your spray paint and paint the same wall every Sunday, you're not a writer. Like, you could be an artist. And there's some artists that use spray paint that are 20 times better than me. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. You're not a writer. A writer took, you know, we bled for this. We did all kinds of risks, you know. For oh, ex- yeah. For, for example, like a, 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 where, where I lived in Queens, the A layup and the J layup were elevated, which meant there were two stories above the street. You walked out on live tracks. You could fall to your death. Mm-hmm. Then you have to cross over those tracks, which there's big gaps where you could fall through, especially mm-hmm. when you're a skinny-ass 15-year-old, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you get over to the other side. Now you're faced with the third rail, which is just a wooden board covering it. If you slip and your foot hits that, you're gone. Especially if you have metal cans in your waistband or inside your jacket because metal conducts electricity. Then you have the shoe that comes off the end of the train that conducts electricity. If you hit mm-hmm. that, you get zapped too. So now, as you're painting on an elevated track, there's downtown and uptown trains coming towards you. And you could hear the electricity come to the third rail. It'll go clink, 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 clink. So you know, trains at the next station. It's coming towards you. So now you've got to get under the train. Oh, my God. Or in between the the tracks. There's nothing more loud than I've been under a train while the train's going by. And it's it's like like the Concorde taking off. And and then you have to worry about the, the, the third rail sparks a lot. Like, oh, it goes... Well, well, if you have like water dripping or anything, it's... It just sometimes metal from the train will hit the third rail and shoot a spark out and burn you up. Now you're underneath the train and you're looking through the tracks two stories up and then you're still trying to do something under all that duress. You're still trying to do something artistic. Yeah. And then you have police running on the tracks trying to take you in. And then if the train sees you, they call it, They call the police over the radio and the police come and stop you. Have so, the police ever been called towards you and you got away or like... I, could, I have a lot of stories, but <laughs> it'll take too much time to do <laughs> okay. But yeah, I've been chased, but uh, I, w- I, 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 I want to say I was, I was never caught, but I, I, got, I got assaulted. Uh, funny story. 
we were we were painting on the uh, Ellen, Pelham Bay Amtrak. No, the we were under the bridge at two thirty eighth Street at the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And I was painting with uh, Chain Three, and Cavs, two famous graffiti writers from the Bronx. So Chain just finished his piece. He left, and Cavs everybody knows takes forever. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there waiting for him to finish. I finished my piece. So I'm just taking some pictures of the other pieces under there. All of a sudden, the police run down the hill, and I was. I wasn't going to leave Cavs there by himself. So I start running towards them. <coughs> Usually people run away and they see this big dummy running towards them. Like, what's so he doing? So they're like, what, what are you going to do? Type of thing. <laughs> so I went over and I'm like, listen, man, we don't want no trouble, whatever. We're just over here, you know, taking pictures. But Paulie was <coughs> Cavs was painting. So he says to me, how'd you get down here? So... I point to the fence, and uh-huh. there was a hole. I point up there, and when I raised my hand, he hit me with a nightstick across the chest. Oh. And hit me pretty hard. I didn't go down, and it hurt. I'm not going to lie. It hurt. You know, someone swings a bat at you and hits you in the chest, it hurts. It hurts, yeah. So, especially if you don't have a jacket on and a T-shirt on. So, with that, they were ready to uh, take us both in. Mm-hmm. And Cavs jumped in the cop's face. And Cavs said, what the hell did you hit him for? He didn't do anything. He just pointed. You hit him with the nightstick. Blah, blah, blah. He made such a big thing out of it. He scared the two cops. And he's like, oh, shit. We, we, we overstepped our boundaries. He had That's, that legal sense. It's like a police brutality. Yeah. He scared the two police officers. So they looked at each other. It was police other. brutality. Yeah. They looked at each other. And the one whispered in the other ears, let's just give him a ticket and let's get out of here. And they said, okay. They wrote us each a summons. And they... And then they told us to get out. But we didn't get locked up. But I always tell Cavs, you, you saved us from getting busted that day. Yeah. Do they you have know? your name at the precincts? Like S-A-R? I, I, you know what? Uh, the Transit Authority kept files, I'm sure. Uh-huh. I don't know for a fact. But I've heard, you know, you hear people talking. There was files. Like when we did the big comeback in 1990, I'm sure there was big files because they had a, a full-blown vandal squad trying to photograph everything that we did and, right. and come after us and everything. But, my mom does that shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't about it wasn't about being bad. Right. You know, we didn't do it. I mean some guys wrote just because they want to be they want street cred or whatever. Like it was a way of life, you know, it was uh it was a thing that we did. It was a thing of ours. It was it was uh you know you could call it artistic self-expression. You could call it part of a gang, a gang mentality. And it was a race against each other, you know? A race against each other. Like, I like it. I want to do more than you, or I want to do... And there's two mentalities in graffiti that always try to coexist. The one that wants to be up on every train with throw-ups, and then the mm-hmm. one that wants to do beautiful pieces on every train. Mm-hmm. So some people say, well, you did one piece that's beautiful. I did 50 trains. So everybody in the city sees my name. They know who I am. You only did one, you know, one beautiful train a week because you have to use 20 cans. To so do it's a like a car. balance between I'm doing something beautiful and I want everyone to know. Yeah, but a real a real graffiti writer can do both. Like, mm. You got to be multifaceted. You got to be able, like, I'm just going to talk New York graffiti because that's where I came up from. But like, you had to tag up the inside of the trains with markers. You had to do throw-ups on the outside. You had to do burners with colors on the outsides. It was a totality. You couldn't just do one facet and call yourself a writer. You had to be involved in all. And tell the audience the difference. What's a burner? What's a burner is a multicolored, multi-structured, three-dimensional uh, 
version of your name. With so this is real. This is real, like planned out. This uh, guy. A lot of times it is. Yeah. There's some writers that don't plan. I sometimes I feel like if I plan it, it's better when I don't. Uh-huh. But, but it's it, it like I feel like whatever comes to me, I create. Is used to say that all the time. Like it's like I'm more like a sculptor. I throw all my colors up there, start shaping it up, designing it, carving it up until I feel like okay, I'm happy with it, and I'll work on it till I'm happy with it. Because a lot of times I'll do something I'll hate it. So do you go in not it. really knowing what that sculptor mindset? Do you go in not really knowing what you're doing, but you have the canvas? You have the, yeah. I'll just yeah. crack out the what we'll do. I'll crack out my outline, mm-hmm. the structure of the letters, which is what graffiti is about. The name. And mm-hmm. then I'll say, okay, I've room on the canvas for a character. What character am I going to do? A train? Am I going to do a face? Am I going to do a cartoon character from my era that people love? Mm-hmm. And things of that nature. So, was the, Have you ever seen here um, people stealing stickers, labels from USPS and putting their name on it and putting it on stop signs and like oh, street signs? It's, it's That's like, kind of like our version of putting stuff on subways. It's so, it's so true. Like the postal stickers, believe it or not. Uh, collectible. If you go on, on oh yeah, media, I have a few, and they I, sold I, for. I, I've a done, few. yeah, I've mm-hmm. done, I've done many, and I've sold many. I have and, one for you in your little. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I've done, I've done so many, and I've, I've, I've uh, sold a lot of them, but it's like the next thing that people are collecting. Like uh, the subway maps are very popular. New York City subway maps, people have painted them. You can go online and see how many artists have done them. And to me. It's kind of cool because it's like a souvenir. Like if you go to New York, you want a subway map as a souvenir. Yeah. How great is it to have a New York City subway graffiti writer paint something on a subway map? But like all of a sudden, I think it's a matter of, uh, it's almost like the people from our generation, when graffiti started in 1969 in New York City and, you know, it evolved from the guys that would just write their name with a tag and then the tag with an outline around it, and then the bubble letters and developing. And it kept on developing and going through all this metamorphosis till it's like complete works of art today. And I just think the difference today as opposed to back then, I think people that are in their 40s and 50s or 30s, 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. that now they have jobs and they, you know, they have money, and like it reminds them of a happy time in their life. So they want a piece. They want a piece of graffiti from a guy like me, you know, my artwork sells because of who I was in the graffiti world, not mm-hmm. because I'm a great artist. So mm. I remember seeing saw pieces on the highways or whatever, and someone says, oh, on the trains, and okay, so they get a saw piece and they put it on their wall and it reminds them of their childhood. It's almost like... Yeah, an and old... then someone walks in their apartment like, I know that, and then it becomes like a cool thing. Like, Are you cool? Like, you, right. you're in the know. Well, it's almost like, it's almost like an adult buying a toy that they wanted as a child and couldn't afford it. That's, I have a movie script right there, that black box. Uh-huh. It's a Scream from 1996 movie script signed by Roger Jackson and Sidney Neve Campbell. And that's, and that's your favorite? That's my favorite. There you go. Yeah, I finally afforded the lifestyle that I had when I was the only child. And like I feel like I'm the happiest I could ever be. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And like I'll collect maybe records that I used to like. I'll collect some movie memorabilia that I used to like. Sports memorabilia. I just got a 1978 signed baseball. I'm a big Yankee fan, and I had the whole Yankee team on this oh, wow. ball. And I could have never had something like that as a kid afford it. So, but like those, you know, they call it like 
not to be sexist, but they'll say big boy toys, you know, yeah. like, you know, you still, you still, you never, the, the most interesting people never grow up. Yeah. You know? And they, I never grow up. Me either. I, I'll never grow up. Like at my, my age, I'm still doing my artwork. I'm still doing stuff and I do it because I love it. It's not about the money. The money is fine when it comes in because it fuels my artwork. Mm-hmm. As the money comes in, I could buy more canvases, more paint, more markers, and uh, you know, fuel you fuel for, the audience. Where do you go for canvases? Uh, I I used to go to Pearl Paints in New York a lot, but now I go to Michaels. Go to Ross. Ross? Yeah, you know, someone else told me about Ross. This is what thirteen bucks for that canvas. That's that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. But like to me, it, uh, graffiti uh, is now. Uh, they they've classified it as subway art, spray can art. They call it urban art now in the in the galleries, and uh, I'm in a few auctions overseas. And Europe has always been the hugest fan of um, mm. of, of graffiti artwork. Why do you think that is? Uh, because they're more open minded. I think they're more open minded, and I think a lot of people used to visit New York and visit the United States to see that type of graffiti. Mm. And now. You know, they appreciate it. They appreciate it. And then they have their own artists in their own countries. Like, I was in Europe and I see trains going by with graffiti on it. It just blows my mind. I was in Rome two weeks ago and my niece got married and there's a train going by with graffiti. With characters, it just was so reminiscent of the 70s when I was growing up. And, you know, uh, I don't care how old I get. Mm-hmm. Like, when I meet some of my heroes, like, we had heroes. Like, when you have... a, a when you were a kid, if you liked Mel Campbell, or if you liked, uh, you know, Derek Jeter on the Yankees, or whoever you liked, Lalo. right? Lalo, <laughs> Lalo's my friend and your friend. Like you looked up to people; those were your heroes. Like in graffiti, you had graffiti heroes, and then when you meet them, you know, it's like it's like meeting a celebrity because we yeah. have we have our own subculture we really do exactly when i met lalo for the first time he invited me to his gallery i met spock for the first time because we were in the same graffiti edition magazine i met um jb snyder for the first time because we were at a bar right you know what i mean you met me at trill yeah i met you at trill because we i was buying, buying spray paint. paint yeah we were both buying spray yeah, paint. yeah it's it's so amazing and i didn't even expect to meet you that girl who was cashing us out mm-hmm. she told me you were a legend after you left she's like you know you're talking to a legend right <laughs> and i was just like really so i went i got your sticker i looked you up on instagram and i was like i just met this guy <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because like when i first came to arizona i was shocked at how uh Everyone embraced me. It was so cool. Our art uh, culture, the one thing we have is art and food. No doubt about it. And everybody here knows, all the writers that I met know so much about the graffiti history. Have you been to Barrow Cafe? Of course. Of course. I go there and, and look at Lalo's paintings and God bless his soul, my friend Caper, my brother Caper. Uh, you know, we, we, we always used to joke about trading artwork together. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because, uh, you know, he left this so, so soon. He didn't know he had diabetes. and uh, Yeah, I was trying to support. He went, he went into a coma. Yeah. We all, we, he, he had a GoFundMe page. We all raised money for him. And, you know, he fought the good fight. I mean, I give him credit. They didn't think he was going to make it through the night. And he, he hung on. He didn't want to go. And it's just... No, uh, he's the most funny, oh, most sweet. Oh, my God. He was the most entertaining person I could sit there and just listen. I wouldn't even say, and I'm a big talker. And uh-huh. I would just, he would just make me laugh. He is so, so my, funny. So my sides would hurt. 
my sides would hurt. And he was very close to my friend Zokes, and, and he was close with Lalo and Mondo. And Mondo would say, like, I would, I would paint trains with, with, with Capa all the time. And it's like, if he wasn't there, it didn't seem normal, you know. But, uh, you know, he's a, we, got a, we got a special place for him in our heart, and he's going to live forever, you know. What you do in this life echoes for eternity. And yeah. I really feel like, especially in graffiti, like, you can go on websites where they have old photographs, and there's writers that have been dead, like Stim One, it's been dead for 30, 40, 40 years, and his pieces are still online, and his work is going to live forever. Same thing with my friend and my brother, Is The Wiz. He was the all-time... Is The Wiz. He was the all-time king of graffiti, and he was my, he was my partner in crime. Him, me, and Satch, they used to, he used to call us the power of three, TMB. The power of three, TMB. I love that. The master blasters. And, and <laughs> he, gave, he, gave me the, he made me the vice president of the master blasters, and when he passed, uh, everyone said, you got to be the president now, and I was like... He'll, He'll always be the president for me, and I'll be the vice president. But I run it now, and uh, crews die unless you keep bringing new blood in. Like the big crew out here in Arizona is NG, the Nitty Gritty mm-hmm. Crew, and they keep putting new people, younger people in. And you have crews die, and some people think, "Oh, you got to close the books. Don't put new people in." And you know, you're supposed to make this thing continue, and you're supposed to cultivate the young talent to keep it going. And mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather see it. I'd rather see it on freights on walls than be dead altogether. I want to see it can, can, to continue. So I'm a, a little bit of an advocate. I, I, I try to support a lot of people as far as uh, graffiti goes. and I, I know it's, some, it's part of me. It's part of who I was and yeah. part of who I am. And, you know, I, I, I'm, as much as uh, I, I've been a writer, I'm, I'm probably a fan more than anything. I'm a big fan, you know, of graffiti. And I have my own little collection of artwork of my own. As much as I sell my own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I have stuff that I bought from other writers because I believe in, su- in supporting our local artists. You know, you know, everybody wants a, a graffiti uh, painting when an artist dies, right? You know, not when they're alive. Yeah, and that's what pisses me off. That's what pisses me off too. Like, you see this right here? Mm-hmm. Everybody appreciated him even more when they're dead. Absolutely. Um, same with Roy Lichtenstein. His books yes. over there. Yes. Yeah. Um, these are the kings to me these are the kings of pop art mm-hmm. and like I call myself the pop artist but I call myself the pop art to the 21st century you know what if you <clears throat> if you love what you do mm-hmm. other people will love it and if you are real and true to your art people will see it it comes out if you're you know, just in it for the money and just mass producing your stuff. People see it. People right. get tired of it. People get tired of it. Uh, I I can totally see that. I have I have a couple people, not a lot, but I do have a solid people who are like I would say, MD make you studious or like they really know me. They know my work, mm-hmm. and they when I was going through a, like a bit of a funk from September to February, they noticed. They told me they're like I noticed your art isn't the same. During this era, well, during this period. I'm a firm believer in that. I believe yeah. that artwork, any artwork that you do, I do my best artwork when I'm happy. Same. And if I'm not happy, you know, all of a sudden stuff starts looking jagged and, and unsymmetrical and angry and the colors don't match. And I go through periods where I feel like I never wrote. 
I'll pick up a pen or a marker and I'll mm -hmm. draw something and I'll, I'll, I'll do six or seven drawings in a row and I'll hate them all mm -hmm. and just throw them in the garbage. And then when I, sometimes I get a flow going and that's when you have to fuel it. When you got your flow on, mm -hmm. you got to paint. You, when you feel it, when you feel it, when you get the urge, I've gone up and I've got up like three o'clock in the morning out of my bed because I felt I want to draw. That's right what now. I do. Like, I'll come to that. I'll come to the puzzle. I'll come to a podcast at 3 a.m. I'll come do something. When you get inspired, you just got to go. I agree. Totally agree with you. And it's all about uh, positivity. You know? Right. And it's all about, you know, if you feel good, your artwork's going to look good. You know, if you feel angry. Like, I've done a few paintings angry that came out pretty good, but... It was because I was so angry. I was wanted to finish it, and was just you know, you know, my, I was just you know empowered to 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 do something. But at the end of the day, uh, it's it's about you know the artwork is is a, a reflection of you, so it should be positive. Yeah, when I was painting this, I was on unemployment during COVID, and I was doing a real hustle because I had nothing else to support me except prints. I was like, I need money. I need money and I need to be better. So this is what propelled me to do better. This was all done with the Apple brand paint from Walmart. The ones that cost 50 cents. Unbelievable. So they dry like in 20 seconds. So I was constantly going over the same spot just to get the right shade. Like her blush took a long time. I still think it's a little rough around the edges, but I like the beauty of it. It's, it's beautiful. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's so... It's... It's impressionistic, but at the same time, it's photographic. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. You know exactly. That's when she was dancing. I remember the scene. Mm -hmm. I could look at it and tell you. What's your name? Yeah. Hancock. <laughs> That's what I do. I'll go on YouTube and I'll find, I'll type in Babylon dance club dancing movie scene from Scarface. And then I'll pause it at a certain spot. I'll find the right still, uh -huh. screenshot it, crop it. Blow it up, and then draw, and then outline it with a Posca marker, and then just go in with the paint. That, that's a nice technique. Yeah. You can see it shows. With these, I, I've, I've, I've told myself to enter my villain era, where I don't pre-draw anything. I just go in with the brush. I'm like, whatever happens is going to happen. That's good. You can tell. I like that. I like the hypnotizer behind it. I've used those in my, my work. I like a lot of, like, zigzags and dots and like swirlies i like a lot of neon colors anything that looks like it just threw up <laughs> that's great that and women and it's weird because i've i've had i've had my gay experiences my mom put me in conversion therapy and all that stuff it didn't work but i wouldn't consider myself someone who it's attracted to women for the sake of a romantic relationship. I feel like it's just more of appreciation. I feel like I have a very strong appreciation for a girl with a nice makeup look. Absolutely. Like, people hate Amber Heard, but I think she's beautiful. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And as far as, like, artwork, too, you, you just, there's, I mean, I, I look at something and, I try to appreciate the artists and what they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's stuff out there that sells for big money, and I don't, I don't get it. But right. I'm not there to judge. I'm not judging anyone, but I look at some stuff and say, I just don't get it. Like, I wouldn't put this on my wall and stare at it. Like, a, a piece of artwork on your wall 
should be intricate enough to captivate your senses so that you can get lost in it somewhat. Like, yeah. I look at that painting there, and at first I see the face, and the lips, then the eyes, then the hair. Then the, the, one day I'll look at it and I'll, I'll focus on the roses around her head. Mm-hmm. Then I'll focus on the, the outfit that she's wearing. And then I'll focus on the brush strokes of the color scheme. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, to me, the color, the, the color schemes in paintings have a lot to do. Like, you always hear the term amongst graffiti writers, oh, this, oh, with a red, with a red trim, oh, that'll make it pop. Or with a blue fill-in, that's, oh, you put some highlights on it, that's going to make it jump and make mm-hmm. it pop. And that's what you try to do. You try to make it uh, stand out and, and be a bouquet, not just you want to make it three dimensional, you know? right? That's what you want to do, and then at, overall, you want to achieve a balance between all the elements you put in it. Right. And then, once you achieve that balance, it's like a rule of thirds you can't go wrong. Did you ever have any art, art classes or art? Yeah, I had a teacher named Miss Dima, Valentina Dima. I forgot what she was. I knew she was European, but I forgot which country. Mm-hmm. She really cultivated me. She let me do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to paint Charles Manson because I thought I was pissed off, that's what she let me do. She wouldn't display it, but she was the first one to say, she was the first one to say, you're good, but you're not that good yet. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, but, but like, I, I had a big ego, though. I thought I was good because I mastered my drawing, my favorite singer. I, I was, like, the big, I, I was the biggest artist at school. But she, I was the but best she, artist at school. But she, but she gave you creative freedom. Yes. That's the key. That's the key right there. Because nobody wants to be put in a box. No, if I wanted to do a serial killer, she didn't tell the principal. She didn't give me an F. You know what I mean? Like, I painted, she won this one assignment. She said, you have to paint and draw something that go together, and it's got to be people. Right. Charles Manson and Sharon Tate. How offensive is that? Pretty brutal. Yeah. Right, but, but people, you know, it's all. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's what you wanted to paint. But I, I look at it like this. You, you, you want to have some creative freedom. And you don't know what's in somebody else's mind and their head and what they want to portray and what they want to depict. Or maybe there's something, you know, a synonym in their life that they need to paint something. And that's their expression. That's the way they're expressing it. But, you know, to me, graffiti was the only artwork ever created by children. And now it's a force to be reckoned with. That's beautiful. And it's it's in the galleries now. And it's getting its uh, acclaim and... Uh, you weren't there for my little speech after my show, but uh, I got up there and I basically said, when someone has a show such as this that does all kind of artwork, mm-hmm. it's good for all of us mm-hmm. because it just shows that it's being accepted more to society because graffiti used to make people, remind people of everything that was bad in their life. Urban decay, subway decay. Gentrification. Exactly. Yeah. So now... Oh, let me go to the bathroom. Because the young people... So I just want to thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your bit of your history and your viewpoint on the art world and just your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, you know, I have a talent for useless information. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> people, people, uh, people want to hear about it. And as a, the, the core group of people that were part of this movement are getting older and passing away unfortunately uh you know i try to i try to say it the way i know it and if i don't if i don't know it i don't talk about it but i've actually heard it from the people's mouths you know i wrote with some of the greatest writers in the game you know tracy 168 and blade and Vinny and is the whiz and satch and 
fault. I mean, I can but go hey, you gotta you gotta you're making too. a home from yourself here too. You got Lalo. You got a, you got a wall with Lalo. You know how many people in their whole career <laughs> wish they had a wall with Lalo and well, never get it. No, no, Lalo is an incredible artist. He makes he makes his living as an artist, and he's humble. He's very humble, and he's a good dude. And he, what I love about his work is like he started like I did. He started as a graffiti writer, and that's what. That's the bond, and that doesn't go away. And we all feed off of that. You know, we all feed off of graffiti. And you know, whether it's uh, my friends like Mondo and Lalo and the NG boys out here, you know, Obese and Zokes and uh, Mess, and Caper. You know, they embrace me out here, and I, I got much love and respect for those guys. And they keep, they made me want to keep going. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. All right. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Manic Candace podcast. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, visit the links in the description below and email me at info at I bid you adieu. Bye-bye.